Listener Production. Northern Hemisphere markets struggle for direction with Wall Street closed for the Independence Day holiday. And Aussie shares expected to open lower on Wednesday after a rally following the Reserve Bank's interest rate pause yesterday. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 5th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, 4th of July in the US. You know what that means? Tell me. Hot dog eating competitions. Where are we going with this, Tom? Nowhere in particular. Just the fact that the US markets were closed for the Independence Day holiday. Uh, the futures edged lower in after hours trade, but not by much. And that sees the ASX 200 futures down by around 0.2 of a percent as we anticipate the open of our local market. There wasn't all that much movement where Northern Hemisphere markets were concerned last night, Ryan. Very thin trade on Tuesday in Europe with a lack of fresh economic data from the region and uncertainty around the direction of global interest rates keeping investors cautious. We did see the FTSE Euro First 300 index up by just 0.1%. The German DAX index fell slightly. And in London, the UK FTSE 100 index inched lower by 0.1%. Let's just quickly reflect on the market's response to the RBA yesterday. It seemed as though the stocks were surprised by the RBA leaving rates on hold. Immediately, we had the market up by about a half of 1%. It wasn't doing that much beforehand. It actually looked like it was susceptible to the downside. Indeed, and we did see bank stocks in particular rally quite significantly. So They were all up by more than a percent. They were, as were rate-sensitive real estate stocks. And we also saw, at the same time, energy shares performing well yesterday on the back of those supply cuts announced by Saudi Arabia and Russia. Yep. So the interesting path of the discussion in relation to domestic interest rates is that, as we know, uh, expectations are so carefully calibrated based on what the RBA tells us. And it seems as though the markets are beginning to price out any sort of at least aggressive moves when it comes to rate hikes in, in the near term. So there's still a one in two chance, roughly, that we'll see a rate hike in in August. But the feeling is that rate hikes in the future are beginning to get priced out a little bit. Well, what we did see yesterday was really the Reserve Bank opting for what would be described as a hawkish hold or a skip, perhaps. What does that mean, though? Well, we've seen a bunch of decisions, Tom, this year, some perplexing, some less so. And it extends a series of staccato-like policy moves from the Reserve Bank. So they hiked in February and March, they paused in April, they raised in May and June, and then they've held or paused for a second time in July. So it's really seeing those policymakers adjusting to more economic data volatility, one would argue. So you have seen more variation in some of those outcomes around the economic slowdown, bearing in mind we've had 400 basis points worth of rate hikes since May last year, and what the Reserve Bank indicated yesterday that wants to assess the outlook for the economy and also the softer-than-expected monthly CPI or Consumer Price Index print for May, that's the headline, and the significant lift in interest rates already this cycle allows it to really assess the outlook. Yeah, it's a good point that you make. Uh, With rates having risen by 4%, there is a strong case for waiting to see what the impact is. But the reality is, you know, core inflation is still north of 6.5%. Do they have the luxury of waiting? That's the big question. Well, that was the contradiction in the statement, really. So while the Reserve Bank wants additional time to assess the economic outlook, 
In particular, it wants to see the June quarter consumer price index released at the end of this month before it looks to move again. At the same time, it described inflation as still being too high and some further tightening may be required. So there's still that hawkish bias. This is the one thing that participants have trouble with the RBA is to get clarity on what their messaging is. You compare that to Jerome Powell at the US Federal Reserve, and he has been holding to you know that vernacular around uh, rate hikes. Every time he opens his mouth, he talks about the need for more rate hikes. So it's interesting to see the way that the messaging is being managed between the two organisations. I think what it all signals is a more gradual approach to tightening by the Reserve Bank. So we're nearing the end here. There's probably another hike or two left. In fact, money markets now see a 70% chance of two more rate hikes this year. That was fully priced in mm. only a, a week or two ago. Yeah. Our view at the Commonwealth Bank, a bit bit of a shout out to Stephen Halmerick and Belinda Allen, who got the pause decision correct. Prescient is the way that you would describe it. Indeed, we're obviously part of the CBA we group, so we can hang our hat on that one. But certainly our view at the Commonwealth Bank is there's going to be a rate hike in August following that June quarter CPI print. The two important dates now that we need to look towards, uh, the first being the 20th of July when we have the June unemployment report and the 26th of July when we have the second quarter CPI numbers. So we can perhaps um, exhale for the next couple of weeks, but it will be a fascinating uh, couple of outcomes, those two results. It will be. And really the decision to pause rate hike shows the RBA has realised the economy's on a knife edge at the moment, Tom. I mean, the pathway is very narrow now for the soft landing that As Philip Dr. Lowe is trying to said, engineer. The narrow pathway is something that comes up a lot. That's right. <laughs> and that runway is getting shorter and shorter Indeed, and narrower it, and narrower. It, it reminds me of, you know, I, I, I apologise for the uh, visual analogies, but it reminds me of, you know, someone that's trying to manage a controlled burn, right? But it's a hot day and the wind's picking up. Do you know what I mean? You've it's got a good your... analogy. And, you know, at the end of the day, the labour market still remains very tight. Mm. House prices are rebounding strongly. Unit labour costs are surging. So another 25 basis point rate hike in August seems very likely to me. It does. So anyway, um, let's move ahead, Ryan. Uh, the commodity space last night benefiting from uh, a bit of a softening of the US dollar, would you say? There's an element of that. We did see all prices lift by 2%. So perplexingly, the day before, we see all, saw all prices mm. fall. As I mentioned earlier, Saudi Arabia on Monday said it would extend its voluntary output cuts of 1 million barrels per day to August, while Russia and Algeria volunteered to lower their August output and export levels by 500,000 and 20,000 barrels per day, respectively. So combined, we're seeing a reduction of about 5.36 million barrels per day from August 2022. So that's a significant cut in supply as OPEC Plus attempt to put a floor under all prices at the moment. It's interesting that the efforts by OPEC and allied producers are quite conspicuous. You know, you've heard the Saudi oil minister threaten, essentially, you know, uh, people who dare to short oil and things of that ilk. Yet oil prices, you know, they have not really responded to the top side when it comes to all of these initiatives. Well, Brent struggled to get much above 76 bucks a barrel where it stands today. And at the same time, the US NYMEX price at 71 bucks is, is broadly around that 70 level that we've seen for a few weeks. And, and we're close to that level 
um, where the U.S. Department of Energy has spoken about in terms of where they're happy to refill the strategic petroleum reserves. So it seems like there's a floor and a ceiling uh, for uh, oil prices at the moment. And really the big focus at the moment is on demand. So mm. rising interest rates, a weaker global economy, weaker demand out of China is, is really pulling the rug from under OPEC at the moment. So what it means is it's good news for consumers. Eh? We'll see those average retail unleaded petrol prices <laughs> across Australia at the moment, $1.67 in Sydney at the moment. They remain very low. So that's a good news story from the inflation perspective. Indeed. And from time to time, I forget to explain things that we're talking about because I'm very conscious of uh, new listeners. So the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was something that was uh, enacted by the US government in the 70s. It was a re response to the oil shock that uh, dominated that era. And so uh, they built these very large reservoirs in the Gulf of Mexico where they um, basically have about a month's worth of um, oil, I think. Roughly, roughly yes. Yeah. And um, they really uh, depleted those reserves following Russia's invasion of the Ukraine to try and keep a lid on oil prices. And they're busy trying to refill those reserves at the moment, and they've uh, indicated there's a particular price around which they will do that. Let's also not forget it's the driving season in the United States at the moment. It's a thing. So it's yeah. the holidays, and Joe Biden wants gasoline prices lower. Political scientists do work on the level of petrol prices and electability of candidates. There you go. There's a hard science around that. Strong correlation. The other thing to note as well, Tom, is that we saw iron ore futures lift by 39 cents or 0.4% to 110.44 US dollars a tonne in Singapore trade yesterday. And the interesting thing about that is we have seen iron ore lose about 4% over the previous three trading sessions on worries about Chinese demand and steel prices. But we saw traders brush aside a report of government order production curbs in China's mm. major steel hub of Tangshan overnight. So those steel output curbs are in place for all of July and they're hoping that will combat worsening air quality in that region. So those output curbs provided some support really for iron ore. So that There's could quite be a lot of intervention uh, on the part of Chinese authorities at the moment when it comes to iron ore, be it production, the pricing, you know, the reporting around different elements of the market, and they do this from time to time. I suppose it's, it's almost like a bit of a soft crackdown you know, when it comes to iron ore at the moment. It is, and the steel-making ingredients obviously a, a key product for the property sector, and they don't like seeing the prices too high because no. it boosts those input costs. Exactly. So speaking of China, in a day that is going to be a little bit constrained in terms of be it economic news or corporate news really, uh, the Kaijin measure of services activity in the uh, Chinese economy will be released today. I, I think the risk here is that it's a stronger figure, which it probably won't be, because everyone tends to anticipate weaker news when it comes to China at the moment, Ryan. They are. China's post-COVID recovery is fizzling, Tom. A lack of confidence is holding back investment and consumer spending, and the shaky property market is exerting a heavy drag on the economy. The Kaijin Services sector index is expected to ease from 57.1 in May, which was a very decent yeah. uh, expansion. 50 is the expansionary level, and we're expecting to see it ease a little bit to 56.2 in June. But it all depends really on 
the policy response needed to lift the malaise in the Chinese economy at the moment. So we need to see more monetary easing, mm. wider reaching fiscal stimulus and reforms to open more space for the private sector. What stands out is the measured way in which the Chinese are doing that at the moment. They are very conscious, it seems like, of not inflaming um, the inflationary challenge. So, you know, uh, they don't want to be dealing with a stagflationary situation. It seems like that's their primary objective. It does appear that way, Tom. And the other thing to note as well is tonight we've got the latest FOMC or US Federal Reserve's monetary policy meeting minutes. So that's going to be exciting as the Americans return from their Independence Day holiday. And it offers a window into debate over holding rates unchanged. Of course, they had a pause there themselves. Several members, possibly the majority, are likely thought that core inflation has proved stickier than expected. That supports further rate hikes. And balancing that was uncertainty over when the full impact of the 500 basis points of cumulative hikes to date will be felt. So there's a compromise obviously in place then, but we're expecting to see another 25 basis point rate hike later this month. Indeed. Just to wrap up quickly, uh, one of the things that stood out to me, Ryan, in the last day was the extent to which the Aussie dollar sold off after the RBA decision yesterday, got as low as 66.4 overnight, um, and it has rebounded quite nicely as we begin Asian trade. It's trading just short of 67 US cents. The currency markets aren't having a bar of this uh, conversation around the RBA and any potential uh, meaningful pause. Well, it appears to me that currency markets have discounted the pause, expecting more rate hikes mm. and, and the Aussie dollars up on the back of that. Indeed. The other thing to note, Tom, is we have some economic data today, detailed retail trade. We've already got the latest update on that. It was up 0.7% stronger than expected, but this just provides a bit more yep. information. We get an update on motor vehicle sales and services sector activity. And in company news, Nickel Industries hosts an extraordinary general meeting. Shares of Grain Corp Tradex dividend could be lower and NAB and Champion Iron are both expected to pay investors dividends. Indeed. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Please uh, drop a comment or a like or all of that sort of stuff. Follow us indeed and tell your friends about us. Uh, that'd be great. Thanks very much. Happy hump day. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.